Welcome inside the Gold to Go podcast. I am your host, Jordan Emmerich, along with my good buddy, Reese David Dillingham, and my little brother, Jalen Emmerich. What's going on, guys? You doing all right? Oh, yeah. Doing real good. Doing real good? Doing real good? Fired up? Dude, I'm pumped. I am revved up and ready <laughs> to go tonight. It is a late one for sure, but we wanted to hop on and we wanted to talk about that crazy NBA trade deadline. And with us being Chicago Bulls fans, we have some big opinions about what did or did not happen. So let's go ahead and let's get right into it. Obviously, the NBA trade deadline, Jay, in our group chat earlier today, you said that this was the best trade deadline in years. Reese, do you agree with that, my man? Uh, I would I would probably agree. I yeah, I think I would have to agree. Yeah, it's hard for me, man, to say it was the best because we literally did nothing. Not for Bulls fans, it's not. The right, right. Years. <laughs> right, right. But it was just the way the way the deadline went down, the crazy trades that happened, uh, watching the Brooklyn Nets fall apart. That's the only thing that can make you feel good about being a Bulls fan is watching the Brooklyn Nets fall apart. But then with that being said, the Nets did just hand the Bulls that L tonight. Um with guys that literally just got nine minutes ago. So we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But, Jay, what was the biggest trade for you that you saw that you think is going to have the biggest impact on the rest of the season in the NBA? Well, that's an easy answer. I mean, the the biggest impact is going to elevate the Phoenix Suns to the NBA championship. That's Kevin Durant being shipped out to Phoenix over there. Uh, I think personally, nothing compares to that. That was a great magnitude trade, uh, and I think I think that's gonna, like I said, elevate Phoenix to the championship. To be truthfully honest, yeah, I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, Kevin Durant. We I think we'd all agree Kevin Durant was the best player that was traded. Um, so obviously, that's gonna have a massive impact on it on it whatever team he goes to and for whatever price you know is given up and. You could talk about a guy in Mikael Bridges that they gave up, sent back to Brooklyn. Um, but obviously you'd rather have, you know, Kevin Durant, Cam Johnson obviously going back to Brooklyn in that trade as well. Uh, four first round picks. Um, if you get a if you get a championship out of it though, it is worth all of those picks. Reese, what about you, man? The same answer for you, or do you have some another trade that you think is gonna impact the, the NBA more than the Kevin Durant to Phoenix? My favorite trade has to be John Wall to the Rockets. <laughs> I mean, the most savage thing. I mean, he was on a podcast like three weeks ago just absolutely destroying the Rockets. And three weeks later, Clippers sent him right back. Obviously, Kevin Durant to the Suns, I think, is 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 big. Obviously, Kyrie to the Mavs. Um, you know, it wasn't that, like, right at the deadline deal, but um, I think it happened on Sunday or whatever that was. I mean that's a that's a big deal as well. I think that could that could shoot the the Mavs up a little bit, but the West just got a lot better, and the East just didn't. Yeah, just didn't. Yeah, I mean, dude, as a Bulls fan, I'll just say this, and this is maybe a little bit of a hot take. I don't know. As a Bulls fan, the only thing that would have made this trade deadline worse is if they would have ended up with Kyrie Irving. Like, I just. I'm sorry. I, I think that it would just completely destroy 
the Chicago Bulls if Kyrie Irving was on that team. We've seen what has happened everywhere Kyrie Irving has gone since he left LeBron's side and decided to – he even worked his way out of Cleveland to go to Boston, ruined all that. You know, so we saw we see what kind of a, a teammate Kyrie Irving can be and what kind of problems that come with that. The only thing that would have been worse than what the Bulls did is coming out of this with Kyrie Irving. Uh, or obviously trading guys for absolutely nothing. But even at that, I think that might be better than ending up with a problem in Kyrie. Um, I agree with Jalen on this one though, that, that Kevin Durant is obviously the biggest um the biggest deal that went down. I think it's going to have the biggest impact. A lot of people think that this makes Phoenix uh, the team to beat in the Western Conference. I think you'd be hard to argue with that. Obviously, you still got team uh, in Denver that will have something to say about that. And, you know, some younger teams. The Lakers obviously got significantly better. And let's talk about that here for a quick second. Um, another kind of life comes at you fast moment, like we talked about when Sean Wall was uh, – Pat Bev getting all excited that the gang was back together in, in LA and then he gets shipped out right away. <laughs> so let's talk about the Lakers here for just a second. We're not going to do much of that on this podcast. I don't think, but how good do you think the Lakers can be post trade deadline? Uh, I'll start with you, Jay. How good do you think this Lakers team is it's currently constructed with all the players that they were able to get in? Uh, yeah, I think uh, whew, I think the Lakers will make the playoffs with the trades that they made. Um, make the playoffs think, or play in? I think they'll make the playoffs, but I, I think they'll make the play in. I think uh, getting rid of Westbrook, picking up Russell, I think that makes her team more cohesive. Russell is more of that true point guard attack mentality. I mean, he's boy, he's posting like 15 points a game right now uh, when he was in Minnesota. So I think that's, I think that's, I think that's big for them. I don't think it, they have enough to overcome the Suns, the, the Nuggets, Sacramento. Uh, so I, I, I don't really think it matters to be truly honest. I mean, they have LeBron, but they're, they're, they're not going to go anywhere in the West. So I, I honestly don't really think it matters much about the Lakers this year. Reese, what do you think, man? You think the Lakers, even with all the improvement that they had or seemingly had, you think that they're pretty much dead in the water even with the acquisitions they made? Yeah, I don't know. I could see them making a run um, only because they added uh, D'Angelo Russell. You know, it's the one thing they were lacking, which is just a pure shooter. Um, You know, obviously you got guys like Dennis Schroeder, you know, I just I don't think they have the depth to make a deep playoff run, um, but you know, when LeBron's when LeBron's there, you know you never know what can happen. Um, but you know I, I do like the additions that they made. Um, adding Mo Bamba is a, a big deal, um, especially when Anthony Davis only plays one every six games or whatever he's he's at right now. Um, so yeah, I don't know I. I don't like Jalen said. I don't think they'll make a deep run. I think they'll they'll make the playoffs. Maybe maybe by the play in, but I don't think it's anything too significant. Yeah, I mean, I think you never really want to bet against LeBron James. Um, I think the most underrated 
player that they added though at the trade deadline is and it's not as talked about as much because um it happened a while ago but the i think the Rui Hachimura trade was huge for the Lakers yeah. to add a big with that kind of size that that has that skill set i think he offered something to the Lakers that they were lacking uh big time obviously the Mobamba trade that that obviously helps them out on the interior quite a bit so um i think it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening out in la obviously it's the lakers so anything could happen um and then you know with with all the trades going down clearly we got some guys that are being traded to some teams that inevitably is going to end up being bought out uh potentially a guy like russell westbrook potentially john wall we all know he probably doesn't want to stay in houston um so it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, with all those vets that get traded somewhere um, that it's clear that they're not going to be for quite a while. Um, let's talk about this just for a second. We kind of hit on some of the bigger ones. Um, obviously, we, we missed the Kyrie Irving to the Mavs. We talked about that just a little bit, but I don't really think that pushes the needle for me on the Mavericks. Um I, I think they're obviously going to be very talented with Luca and, and Kyrie, um, but I don't know that that necessarily puts them over the top for me real quickly. Either one of you have a, an opinion on the Kyrie trade? Yeah, I don't think it puts them over the top. Um, I do think it helps them add a guy that can take the ball out of Luca's hands. And I think we saw last year with Jalen Brunson, they can be a dangerous team when they're not so one-dimensional. When they have another guy that is a threat, especially handling the ball when when you know when Luca's not always handling the ball and he's the the only guy setting things up, I think they can be a threat. And so, as many problems as Kyrie can make, I think short term, you know, this can this can help them, um, you know, in the playoffs. But I think eventually that that Kyrie. Uh, personality as talented as he is I think is going to come back to to bite him um, and so you know while it may may mean some short-term success um, it may mean you know second round in the playoffs um, I, I think it's going to come back to haunt him either next year or maybe two years so I guess we'll see yeah Jay you have anything to say about the Kyrie trade well I I, I think the I mean it's a good trade I think Kyrie's more talented than Jalen Brunson but the, the reality is the backcourt hasn't been the problem in Dallas. That's true. I mean, Brunson and Luka took him far last year. The problem has never been their backcourt. The problem has been their frontcourt. They did nothing to up to up to upgrade their frontcourt. So I think I think it takes them far. I, I think maybe second round, depending on the draw that they get. But the reality is like I, I nobody's gonna get past Denver. Phoenix, Sacramento, like I maybe have Dallas on the four line. I think the Clippers are coming up. So yeah, we I, haven't even talked about the Clippers. Obviously, think, they were relatively quiet, but go ahead. But Jay. yeah, I, I think I mean, like I said, their 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 backcourt has not been the problem in years past. So I, I think this addresses a little bit of the problem, but Dwight Powell is the problem. Your wings are the problem. Your problem is not the front court. Or the backcourt, excuse me. Yeah. Um, and then obviously you have the intangible stuff with Kyrie that you just, you never know um, what that's going to do, bringing in a personality like that into the locker room. 
Um, so we'll see what ends up happening. I know a lot of, uh, I was reading a report the other day, a lot of people feel like this trade, you know, I was talking to Reese about it off mic, and he said, you know, this trade had to be approved by Luca. Um, and I would, I would assume that this trade had to be approved by Luca as well. Um, but as we've seen when it comes to Kyrie, stuff just seems to get messed up wherever he is. Um, to me, it's kind of shocking that the, the Mavericks would take this risk, um, bringing a guy in like him and, and just seeing what that's going to do to the team and what that's going to do to the relationship with Luca. Um, but let's move on. Let's talk about this, this trade deadline in the perspective of, of our team, the team that we uh, unfortunately root for at the moment. And that is probably the most maddening team in Chicago right now. And that's the Chicago Bulls. Um, they have been in their defense playing better basketball as of late, with the exception of these last two games, um, putting up their worst offensive performance. And then tonight, uh, losing to the Nets after a trade deadline that saw the Nets, you know, trade a lot of their players. And um, Zach obviously had a pretty good game, but um, where does this leave the Bulls? I, I was desperate to see them do something in this trade deadline, is this just complete lack of self-awareness by this Bulls front office? Is there reason to believe that the Bulls can turn this around? Um, what are you guys thinking? What would you have liked to see the Bulls do, if anything, at this deadline? And are you happier now that the deadline is over with this team? Or are you wishing that stuff would have changed? Go ahead, Reese. What do you think, man? Yeah, so I was thinking about this today. You know, we were, we were talking in our, our text group, and we were all just kind of raging out. Like, we were just, you know, so upset that we didn't just unload the team and, you know, start from scratch, kind of like the Cubs did um, in 2021. I was thinking about it, and it, it just kind of hit me. Like, you know, I would rather them just kind of hold on to this group that they have rather than make some dumb moves. I don't want them just to make moves just to, you know, just to do something, just because the fans are upset. You know, as as anxious as I am to see them do something, you know, I, obviously I want to see them compete. I want to see them, you know, making deep playoff runs. Like, it's, I mean, it's been a few years since we've done anything. But, you know, if you can't get anything for Zach Levine, I know you want to dump that max contract that was the dumbest signing since I don't know when. Um, I mean, I know, you know, there's a lot of things you, you could have moved, but if you didn't get the right things in return, you know, I, I think you just write out the rest of the year. Um, so, you know, I, I would have liked them. I wouldn't like to see them, you know, make some moves, but you know, if those deals weren't there, they just weren't there. All right. So no moves is better than bad moves. I guess that's, there's a lot of truth to that um i think any move is kind of a bad move though when you're you know you're talking about dumping zach levine's max contract literally months after uh he signed it you know so it is it really a bad move to try to write a bad move you know what i'm saying so um jay what do you think man how do you feel about the bulls being so quiet at the trade deadline it wasn't even that to me that they didn't make any moves as much as it was, you didn't really hear a lot about the Bulls except for this guy is untouchable, that guy's untouchable. 
and then the occasional we had the the Joe Cowley report saying that the Knicks uh, and the Bulls were talking about Zach Levine. But what do you think about this current Bulls roster and what they did today in the trade deadline? I mean, let's look at tonight, for example. Let's just go there. The Bulls lost to a starting lineup of Derek Jones, or no, I'm sorry, wrong one, Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal, Spencer Denwitty, Cam Thomas, and Dayron Sharp. Yep. A team that just sold, they lost by 11 points. And it wasn't even that close. It wasn't even that close. Now listen. I don't want to sell. All right. I was upset when the when the Cubs sold 21. Grand scheme, right decision, right? The problem with the Bulls is not the roster. The problem with the Bulls is the man who's leading the team. The Bulls got to move on from Billy Donovan. This dude has an all-star, has potentially – the greatest mid-range shooter to ever play the game. One of the greatest mid-range shooters. I was going to say, watch it. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) One of, in in DeMar DeRozan. Io, wing, played defense, 3 and D guy. Patrick Williams, up and coming forward. And we got Vu to the center. If you bring in somebody who can actually coach this team to their potential, I truly believe we're looking – at a top three team in the East. That's not saying much because the East is trash. But right now, I mean, they're what are they, eight, nine? Like they're in the playoff, play in barely right just now. In the, just in the play in, yep. Um, so I, I don't think necessarily it's the roster. I think it's the man that's leading the team. Uh, something's got to change because it's we're not bad enough to get good picks, but we're good enough to where we are screwed. Yes. Yeah. Right. I mean, I agree with you. I think some of it definitely falls on Billy Donovan. Um, But I think a lot of it does fall on the roster construction. Um, But I I agree with you in the sense of uh, when I'm looking at the box score tonight, um, you know, you're looking at the box score right there. How many centers did the Nets have active tonight? By my count, it was only one. And it was a 21-year-old player. To me... The fame named Dayron Sharp. Dayron Day Sharp. No disrespect to Dayron Sharp, brother. You're in the NBA. Clearly, you are a solid basketball player if you are in the NBA. But what I am trying to say is the fact that Vooch did not have a 30 and 20 game is absolutely outrageous. The fact that you did not just feed the paint, allow him to go to work on a guy that is clearly less experienced than him. Let's not forget that, that Vooch is an all-star level player, all right? He is used to having the ball in his hands. When he was in Orlando, they run the entire offense through him. He killed the Bulls when he was in Orlando. And I just don't understand how this team does not focus on getting the ball in the paint more often. If you listen to Stacey King, every single broadcast, he's talking about feed the post, feed the post, Vooch, get down there, get in the post. Um, so maybe that's schematics. I think some of it is you have two guys in Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan 
as good as either one of them can be. In DeMar's case, as great as he can be shooting those, those contested twos, they're both very ball dominant. The ball does not move very well um, on this roster unless Lonzo Ball is on the floor. And clearly, Lonzo Ball is not ready to play. My feeling is if your whole goal is to just get Lonzo back, just hang on till Lonzo comes back and everything will be fine, to me that's a dumb plan. I think it's irresponsible. Um, and I think that a guy like Kobe White should have been traded. Now I understand that you need shooting. And I understand Kobe offers some of that. But it's not like Kobe White is out here shooting 40%, knocking down three, four, five a game consistently. He was I mean, one for five from three points tonight. He just, he's not consistent enough. It's like you're acting like we're trading Lou Williams. Like this isn't a guy that's coming off your bench and just absolutely blowing by teams consistently. He has that in him. He's shown flashes of that. But there's zero reason why Kobe White shouldn't have been at least talked about. Um, so I'm pretty upset, man. I'm not going to lie. But I agree with you, Jay. I agree that something needs to change. Um, you know, it just they're talking about extending Vooch. Um, so at the end of the season, so if you extend Vooch at the end of the season, you have Zach on a max contract that nobody really wants. Um I just don't know how the Bulls get out of this. You know, I don't see it. Um, you're, you're probably going to end up in a situation where you're dumping a lot of salary and you're not necessarily getting a whole lot of value back whenever you end up do trading Zach Levine, if that's what ends up happening. So just hoping that Lonzo and Patrick Williams become something as special as you think they're going to be, to me, is just is pretty ridiculous in my opinion. But – that's where we're at with the Chicago Bulls, um, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. So I'll let, we'll close this conversation with this. Um, do the Bulls make the playoffs? Do they make the play-in? If, if you're saying they make the play-in, do they make it out of the play-in tournament? Um, Jay, you're shaking your head no. Uh, is that a no they don't even make the play-in, or is that a no they're, they're not even making it out of the play-in tournament? I mean, I think they make the play in. I mean, I mean, we got the what the freaking Wizards. So you got Bradley Beal to get by, and the Pacers. I mean, what, what, Kyle what, Kuzma. Don't disrespect have, Kyle I mean, Kuzma. George Hill in Indiana. Kristaps Porzingis, excuse me. And Kristaps. I, mean, I think they make the play in. The reality is they're gonna they'll lose in the play in. And also, I mean, like, who who gives a rip? Like, they're they're not going to go right. anywhere. Like, right in in the misery early. Don't give us hope. Right, because if you if you make it out of the playing tournament, and you end up in a series against Boston, or God forbid, you end up in a series against Milwaukee, because we we play we play Boston pretty well this season for whatever reason we've we've played them very well, um, but man. We play another series in the playoffs against Milwaukee, and it'll be another embarrassing show. Reese, what do you think, man? What's your your ultimate prediction for this team? Do they end up in the play-in? Um, do they make it out of the play-in? I'm pretty sure all of us feel like there's no way they're making the playoffs um, without going through the play-in tournament. But what do you think, my man? No, I don't think we make the play-in. I think the Pacers and the Magic 
are going to actually make the play in over us. As crazy as that sounds, um, I think this team is is just in shambles for whatever reason. If it's the roster, if it's coaching, I don't know what it is. Um, I I mean, that loss tonight, just it just makes you feel like kind of like the, the sky is falling. So I think you you just chalk this season up. Uh, it's over. Don't don't even get my hopes up for it. Um, that's about as Debbie Downer as a Chicago sports fan can be, which is pretty pretty typical. So, so at this point, right. why don't we just sell the team? I mean, right. That's the real problem. That's the real problem. Hey, that's when the conversation you have a, people need to be having. This team is you, not going to get us anywhere. I mean, when you have I, the White Sox owner. As the yeah. Bulls owner, I mean, it's valid. Well, and historically, historically, this is the kind of stuff that happens with the Bulls. Historically, you know, they fall in love with their own guys. They ride it out for way too long. And obviously you love loyalty in sports. You want a team to show loyalty to their players and stuff. But when it comes to the Bulls, it's like they either ride it out too long or they just give up on a guy so fast you don't even give him a chance. And – there's no in between. It's like they can't find that happy medium and just let a guy develop, give him some time, but then also understand when it's just it's just more valuable to trade somebody. Um, we all just said clearly, uh, Jay, you said they're going to make the play in, but not out. Reese, you said they're not even going to make the play in. Uh, just by default, I think they make the play in tournament, um, but I don't think they're making it out of the play in tournament. Um, the four teams that are currently in it right now, the Knicks, the Hawks, uh, Toronto, I think the only team that they probably match up decent against is the Hawks. Um, but even at that, I don't think they're beating the Hawks. Um, I think they're probably the nine or 10 seed. And I don't think they're winning two games in a row to get into the, the actual playoffs. Um, so we all just said, you know, they're not making the playoffs. Okay. With that being true, and that being so clear to the three of us, this again brings me back to the question of why was this deadline the way that it was? If we can all clearly see this team is not making the playoffs, why did we do nothing? If they wanted to kind of stay pat, if they wanted to keep their core intact, why not add? And maybe they're going to be active on the, the buyout market. Who knows what's going to happen with that? God forbid they bring in Russell Westbrook or something like that. I mean, I don't know what's going to end up happening, but I just, I, it really doesn't make any sense to me. It's completely puzzling how quiet this trade deadline was. I mean, you look at what was going on. The NBA trade deadline was popping off. I get on to check to see if the Bulls are having any rumors and their, their Twitter, uh, the Bulls Twitter account is just letting everybody know that they got a game tonight against the Brooklyn Nets. You know, that says it all. It's just like they weren't even trying. I know they were, but it just felt like at the time it was it was pretty pointless. So, all right, well, let's go ahead. Let's move on past the polls. Everybody good with that? We already did talk about something a little happier. What's up, Jay? Jerry Michael Reisendorf. That's all <laughs> i got to say about the Bulls. Hey, here's, here's the last thing I'll say. The Bulls have for the last however long since they got Dennis Rodman, Scottie Pippen, and Michael Jordan as, as their, their big three. They have acted as as a small market team. 
you know, if you spend like Charlotte, you're going to get a team like Charlotte. I mean, like that's just the nature of it. You're one of the top three sports cities in America. Like you sports have to markets. spend like it. Yeah. 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 Sports markets. Like you have to, you have to act like, it. you know, this isn't, you know, this, this isn't a small market team. This is a big market team. And they year after year, they never hit the luxury tax. They never spend, unless it's a guy like Zach Levine, and it's the dumbest move I can think of. Bruce should have never got a max contract. He's not a max contract player. As nice as a player as he is, he's not a max contract player. So, I mean, it's just, like you said, it's inconsistent. You know, they give up on guys really fast, and then they hold on to other guys super for way too long. They give some guys contracts they don't deserve. And then they don't sign guys that they they should. Right. Yeah, I remember a guy that they they gave a second contract to was like Cameron Bearstow, <laughs> and it was like, why are we giving him this contract? Think about the best Bulls teams that you guys have experienced. All right, in the last since the turn of the century, who those who was leading those teams? Those best Bulls teams. It was Derrick Rose, right? Yeah. Derrick Rose was the best acquisition the Bulls have made since Jordan, since they drafted Jordan. And they lucked into that. Like, they weren't even supposed to get that pick. It was a statistical anomaly that they got the number one overall pick that year. Like, it should have never happened that they got Derrick Rose, and they just lucked into it, you know? And... So to me, it's like if the best thing your franchise has done is luck into an MVP, you're a bad franchise. I don't care what anybody says. You're just you're run the wrong way. And I don't know. Uh, I thought that would change um, when when AK got in there and we got rid of uh, Gar Packs and we got some new voices in there. But clearly, something is still the same with this organization and I just hope that it turns quickly for all of our sakes so we can start enjoying Bulls basketball again. So, all right, well, let's go ahead and let's move on uh, to a, a way more exciting team um, and a team that as, as Chicago sports fans, we're, we're probably thinking about all the ways that this, this off season can go wrong, but let's talk about the Chicago bears. All right. Obviously the bears have the number one overall pick for the first time since I believe it's 1948. Um, and they are set up with all the cap space in the world to be able to make a, a difference and, and help this offensive line and defensive line. Multiple reports coming out um, about the, the Bears going to be active in free agency. Um, Reese, I've asked you this multiple times, man, but so I'll start with Jay. Um, Jay, if you could use one word to describe what this Bears offseason means or how you're feeling going into this Bears offseason, what would it be and why? One word? Ooh, yeah, try, try one word. This isn't a word. Unconfident. Unconfident. Is that a word? La- lacking confidence? Yeah, but that's three words. So. Yeah, but you and un- That's actually two words. We get the point. The Bears have done nothing to earn my respect since I've been alive. <laughs> they haven't. 
They, they, they have not. They went to the Super Bowl in 06, namely because of Devin Hester and their defense. No reason Rex Grossman should have ever been a quarterback listed on a Super Bowl graphic, but for some reason he was, which is shocking to me. Um, yeah, I, unconfident. I I think the first pick in the draft will be interesting. I personally am of the opinion that they should trade back to get the guy that they want. I believe that the guy they want will be available at three or four, so I don't necessarily think we need to take him at one. Um, but, I mean, if, you know, if that's what they want to do, that's what they want to do. It's probably what they're going to do because it's the Chicago Bears and they – Always mess it up. Okay. All right, Reese Dog, what do you think, man? Is this is this team like what's your what's your opinion going into this offseason? Uh are you lacking the same confidence that Jay is lacking or or how are you feeling about it? I won't say I'm I'm lacking the same confidence. Um I would say I'm I'm just wary. Um you know, I as a Chicago fan, you learn just to be very cautious in any optimism. So as exciting as it is to get the number one pick, this can go wrong so many ways. Um, however, I I do like some of the moves that our offense or our, our front office has made. Um, you know, unloading, obviously reloading is a, a different story. I do like the way they, they unloaded this team. Um, you know, I don't think you can go wrong picking Jalen Carter or Will Anderson Jr., which I think everybody is is pretty certain we're going to get one of those two guys. Um, so I think you trade back and get one of those. Um, but if I had to describe it in a word, it would be like this is critical. Like I mean, that's it's abundantly the most important offseason that we've had in a really long time, and you know. If you get this draft right, if you get uh, you know some free agent moves or some some signings in this offseason right, I think we can really be set up uh, to make some moves, um, maybe make the playoffs this year, and uh, you know really set us up going forward. But I'm very cautious. Yeah, man i i I would agree. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about what is going to happen with this front office. Um, Jalen is clearly cautiously pessimistic. <laughs> Not even cautiously pessimistic. You guys, you guys think the Bears, the Chicago Bears, are making the playoffs in 2023? I think if the Bears are no, nuts, nuts. I think if the Bears are not competing for a wild card spot at the end of the season, they mess something up. And I say that not because I think the Bears are going to be that tremendous of a team necessarily this very next season. But we see first or last to first in the NFL all the time. And I'm not saying the Bears are going from last to first, but they're, even if they find somewhere in between, I mean, you look at the NFC final standings. I mean, you had Washington was eight and eight, Detroit nine and eight, Seattle made the playoffs at nine and eight. The Giants made it at nine, seven and one. The Bears have or should have, uh, a relatively easy schedule going into next year, they should be at least in the hunt for a playoff spot at the end of the year. I'm not saying they will make it definitively. I just think that they should 
at least be competing for that spot if they hit this free agency period right, if they hit this draft the way that I think they can. The only thing that is is giving me hesitancy is there's so much that needs to be done. And and with there being so many things that need to be done, some would think because there's so many needs, it should be easier. But to me, it's like if you if you miss on the offensive line, say you sign the wrong tackle, you're right back in the same spot that you were this last year. Um, so I, I don't want to see the Bears do the exact same thing that they did before and, and get into a bad salary cap situation. Obviously, we got to spend a crazy amount of money um, to even not, uh, to avoid fines for um, the minimum that we have to spend. So I agree with Reese. I think that's very critical. Um, I'm nervous that they're going to mess this up, you know, but I, I think that overall they have the money to where it shouldn't be that hard to pick the guys that you should be going for. I mean, I think if you're the Bears with the money they have, you should find whoever is the best offensive tackle going into free agency and try to throw as much money at that guy as you can. And that guy is going to be somebody you know is going to con- uh, is going to contribute to your team and help your team tremendously. Um, so what the Bears do this offseason, though, is all based on the biggest question that all Bears fans – um, the NFL has been talking about, I think it's ridiculous. Um, but what you're going to do with this number one pick, what you're going to do in the draft, what you're going to do in free agency is all dictated on what are you going to do with Justin Fields? So if the bears feel like Justin Fields is the quarterback of the future, this gets a lot easier. If they feel like he's not, then I guess in some ways you could argue it's easy too, because you take a quarterback. But that resets the, the rookie contract, and it resets your thinking as to how you're going to help uh, your new quarterback. So the first question we got to answer is, is Justin Fields the guy? Should Justin Fields be the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears going into next season? I'm not necessarily asking the question of, is Justin Fields a Hall of Famer, first ballot, no questions asked, is he going to win a bunch of Super Bowls? I'm asking, has Justin Fields done enough to where the Bears should look past Bryce Young, they should look past a guy like C.J. Stroud, a guy like Will Levis, and they should say, you know what, Justin Fields is our quarterback next year at least. What do you think, Jay? No. I don't think they draft a quarterback. I think – I don't think Bryce Young is the answer. I don't think Levis is the answer. I I, I don't think there's anybody in the draft that's the answer. Uh, If I were the Bears, if I I was Ryan – and I was making the decisions in the front office. I'm trading for Brock Purdy. I'm trading for Brock Purdy. Having the key to a Super Bowl. The key to a Super Bowl. Bro, you're lying. Is the rookie the key to the Super Bowl is the rookie contract. Dude, stop. Teams that have made it to the Super Bowl in the past number of years have had those quarterbacks on those first five-year rookie contracts. You build around that quarterback, and that's how you miss your goal. I don't think Justin Fields is the guy. I think Justin Fields is a good running back. 
I, I, I've seen Justin Fields miss throws that I think I could make, to be completely honest. Oh, stop it. Name one. <laughs> I'm just give, being real right give now. A for, give a for instance. Justin you... Fields misses guys all the time. All the time. I don't need to give a for instance. Go look at any game that Justin Fields played. He misses open receivers. He had receivers that dropped the ball. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying he didn't. Like he, he, he needs more playmakers. That's that's for sure. I'm not, I'm not saying he doesn't. He does. However, Justin Fields is a running back. Justin Fields. It's not a quarterback. Okay, so let's talk about this for just a second. All right. Now I was sitting over here thinking you're gonna say I would trade, I would try to get like a Derek Carr or somebody crazy like that. But you went to the extreme and said I would trade for Brock Purdy, a guy who has literally played on one of the best teams in the NFL, like full rosters in the NFL, and you think that Brock Purdy on this Bears team would have been any better than Justin Fields last year? 100% yes. You're ridiculous. You are absolutely out of your mind. You are off your rocker. Brock Purdy's the man. I'm changing my thought about allowing you on this podcast right now because that's the most ridiculous take I've ever heard in my life. How can you sit there and say that Brock Purdy is not – a starting quarterback in the NFL. Nobody said that. No one said Brock Purdy is not a starting quarterback in the NFL. I'm saying you throw Brock Purdy on this Bears team from last year, and they're even worse than what they were. And if you think that's not true, you are absolutely out of your mind. Out of your mind. Brock Purdy's the answer. Maybe to a trivia question... 25 years from now, who was the who was the guy who came in and played seven games for the 49ers and got hurt in the championship game? That's all Brock Purdy is right now. Reese, what do you think, man? Uh, not Brock Purdy. <laughs> no, for real though. I here, here's what I'll say. I'm not a hundred percent certain that Justin Fields is the guy. You still have him on the rookie contract. Get him an O-line that can block someone and get him a solid receiver. And then we can see if he's still not, I mean, if he's still rushing for 1,500 yards next year and can't throw worth anything, then, you know, I mean, then we can look at, at trading for Mr. Irrelevant. But... I can't even think because that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. <laughs> right. It is the most ridiculous thing ever because you're talking, you're literally comparing the guy that has George Kittle, that has Debo Samuel, that had Christian McCaffrey, that had Elijah Mitchell, that had a phenomenal offensive line, that had one of the and best that has one of the best, yeah, one of the best in the offensive NFL. coaches in the league. Literally had like the best overall team, had a, a, a ridiculously good defense, and you're saying that you would trade Justin Fields for Brock Purdy. To I never me, said, oh, I never said trade Justin Fields. You just said trade for Brock Purdy, which means yes. Justin Fields saying, would not be playing. I'm not saying we trade. I'm not saying we trade Justin Fields. I'm not so saying. you would keep Justin Fields and let Brock Purdy come in here and take the QB one. It's the same thing they're doing in San Francisco. They're keeping Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. 
Trey, Trey Lance, Lance ain't Justin Fields. The equivalent to they're the same quarterback. That Trey, no, Lance, got, Trey Lance got injured in week two. If they listen, we are recording this in a year. We're gonna look back. So this or December, February 9th, 2024. We will look back on this day. If they both played the same amount of games in 2023 and 2024, Justin Fields and Trey Lance will have the very similar numbers if they both start every single game and play every single game. I think they are, the, they are the equivalent of the same quarterback in the NFL. The hype is not real. Justin Fields is overrated. Justin Fields may get the Bears to the may get the Bears to the playoffs, may get the Bears to win a game in the playoffs. But the reality is Justin Fields is the equivalent of Jay Cutler. Gets us to the playoffs but doesn't win any games. That's the that's what Justin Fields is. Dude, I don't even know what to say right now. Because I think that's absolutely ridiculous. And there's no you, other you, way there's no other way to say it other than that's ridiculous. You have zero facts to back that up at all. And to say a guy like Trey Lance, who's literally played uh, a game in like a quarter, is as ridiculous as a runner as Justin Fields, is crazy. What has Justin Fields done? He He carried an entire NFL team. He had 22, a starting quarterback, 2,200 yards, tied for 26th in the NFL. With a horrendous 17, team. 17 touchdowns, tied 16th, 11 interceptions, tied 22nd, with a total QBR of 54.1, tied 17th. Nothing Bro. about Justin Fields says that he is even top 15 in the NFL. You cannot be a winning franchise with, with a top 15 quarterback, a top 20 quarterback. Your quarterback needs to be in – the top five to seven quarterbacks in the NFL to win the Super Bowl. With the exception of Nick Foles, the the quarterbacks that have won in previous years have been top five, top seven in recent history. Okay. All right. Let me throw some actual statistics at you instead of you just I'm 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 literally looking on ESPN right now about so, fields. Josh Allen, okay, his rookie year with a competent coach. Now, I'm saying this is Justin Fields' rookie year because if you count anything that Matt Nagy did, I think anything you say after this is completely invalid. So I'm saying that this is Justin Fields' rookie year this last year. First full season with a legitimate coach. Right? You saw some of those game plans Matt Nagy put out there. It it doesn't matter. If he's a game changer, go change the game. You can't change the game when you go – dude, you're killing me, bro. Like, I hear you, I hear what you're saying, but that makes zero sense. If you don't look at the Matt Nagy season with Justin Fields and think that was complete malpractice by a coach, you're insane. That was one of the worst head coaching jobs I have ever seen this side of Jeff Saturday. It was ridiculous. If he's truly a game changer, go change the game. Okay. If you throw Patrick Mahomes underneath Matt Nagy as his head coach, Patrick Mahomes is still top five in the league. You can't tell me that Patrick Mahomes falls that much because of Matt Nagy. Yeah, I can. <laughs> <laughs> no 
way! Oh my goodness. Go. What Dude, were you gonna okay. say? Go okay. Okay. Listen. Go listen. Josh. Josh. Josh Allen's second year in the league. Okay. Or first year in the league. I'm sorry. First year in the league. He completed 52 percent of his passes for 2,074 yards, 19 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. He had 89 carries for 631 yards. Okay. Josh Allen highly touted coming into the league. Obviously, we know what Josh Allen is right now as a quarterback. I'm not even comparing the two as of right now. Josh Allen is, is one of the top three quarterbacks in the NFL with Joe Burrow and Pat Mahomes, in my opinion. But you look at a guy like Justin Fields with zero weapons, no offensive line, um, and a very run-heavy team. This season, he completed 60% of his passes for 2,242 yards, 17 touchdowns to 11 interceptions. He had 160 carries for 1,143 yards and another eight touchdowns. Here's the thing that I'm trying to say about Justin Fields. Is he a top five quarterback in the league right now? No, I don't believe that. Anybody who says that I think is crazy. Should Justin Fields get a second contract right now? No, he should not. He needs to prove to you that he can be the passer that he was at Ohio State. But in order for him to be able to do that, you have to allow him time with a legit offensive line, an offensive line that can actually pass block, and a receiver that can create some separation. This year, he brought in Claypool at the middle of the season. He never really got acclimated. Darnell Mooney gets hurt, misses the back half of the season. Think about the big plays that the Bears had on offense this year, and they were balls that Justin Fields was laying in the lap of Dante Pettis. Dante Pettis should not be relevant on this team. Equinemia St. Brown, my man has got bricks for hands. He is a great blocker, but he can't catch anything. And they, they need wide receivers. They need a better offensive line. And if Justin Fields puts up these numbers next year with a better O-line and maybe another weapon on offense – then you can sit here and tell me he's not a good quarterback, he can't throw, he's a running back. Because to make that assumption right now, after watching that team play all season, is, is crazy. I mean, you would have to be blind to not acknowledge all the stuff that Justin Fields overcame to even be competent on the field for that team to even score 30 points. Reese, you've been quiet for a little bit, man. What do you think about this ridiculous take we have? I think you nailed it. I mean, you have to give him a competent line, a competent coach. Um, And let's be real. The Bears haven't had a legit running back in several years. You know, they've had some decent running backs, but they haven't had a good running back. Josh or uh, uh, Justin Fields is really the only threat they have on on offense, and when you put that much pressure on a guy, especially after unloading a defense, I mean you're not going to win that many games, and you're putting way too much pressure on on that quarterback, and you're not putting him in a position to to be the game changer that you know we all think he can be. I don't think anybody's saying that we're we're expecting him you know, like you said, to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. We're not expecting him to be a top five quarterback in the league. But I do think he can be a a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. 
you know, I don't think he's going to be able to be a, a Josh Allen. I would love if he is. You know, I would love if he, he, if he turns into Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. I, I, you know, I don't know that that's going to happen. But you, you have to give him time. You know, it's been, like you said, one legit year. We'll, we'll count it too, just, just for sake of conversation. Two years. I mean, when did this start that in the NFL we give a guy two years and then he's out? Right. You know, like obviously a guy like like Zach Wilson. You know, he's a he's a horrible teammate in the locker room. You know, he's just not a good guy to have around. Okay, that's a different conversation. But the Bears held on to Mitch Trubisky for what five years, five seasons of you know just not good football, and then we're going to turn around and 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 get rid of Justin Fields after two years. I I, I think it's number one completely irresponsible as a as a fan of football to say sign Brock Purdy. I think that's one of the worst takes I've I've heard in a long time. <laughs> but you know, you have to give you have to give Justin Fields time. And you know, if if after this this next season, this upcoming season, you know, he's still not performing at a level that we think is is worthy of a second contract, you know, then we can call it into question. And maybe we're having this same conversation next year. And it looks a lot different because, you know, we're ready to move on. But I, I think we got to give him one more year at least. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I'm not necessarily saying let's throw the money at him. Let's give him another contract. I just think um, at the very least he showed you that he can at least move the ball um, and, and get you some points and – um, if you don't think that's true, I mean, you can look at the Patriots game. You can look at the Dolphins game. You can look at any game before he got burnout after the bye week when they actually started allowing him to use his legs to make plays until he got hurt. Um, and obviously, okay, Justin Fields, let me say this, though. Um, Justin Fields cannot win a Super Bowl playing the style he played this year. Um, I will give Jay that. Um, you cannot win a Super Bowl playing this style. If Justin Fields is going to become the quarterback that can win a Super Bowl, he's got to develop more as a passer. Um, and I'm not saying all of it is on his receivers or all of it is on his O-line, but I feel like he had zero help from either one of those spots. In the, and the O-line was great run blocking. Um, they were a very run-heavy team in general. We didn't really call a whole lot of passing plays. So I also think that plays into Justin Fields numbers being down. Um, you also had some guys that just literally can't catch the football. Um, but you can see Justin Fields making a guy better like Cole Komet. Cole Komet had a much better season this year um, than he's had the last several with the bears. Um, and he's made some really good deep ball throws. I just think, you haven't given him enough of a chance with a legitimate um, roster to to make a decision this drastic to be like, hey, let's get rid of him or let's bring somebody in uh, to compete with him. I think they need to back him. I think they need to do everything they can to get him the wide receivers that he needs or the offensive line that he needs in order to to make a difference. Now, you brought up Zach Wilson. We know Zach Wilson can't throw. Zach Wilson makes Mike White look like an MVP. And anybody that makes Mike White look like an MVP, I mean, you're, you're not a good quarterback. 
Um, so if we were talking about a Zach Wilson situation, then absolutely, I think we should be having a discussion of, of trading Justin Fields. But with all the running that Justin Fields does, I mean, 180 carries, that's a whole lot of, whole lot of plays um, that could have been passes. And a lot of them that should have been passes, but ended up not being passes because a guy came free off the edge because your O-line can't block anybody. Um, so I think we just wait and see. Um, with all that being said, Jay's take kind of railroaded uh, this conversation a little bit as we needed to kind of talk that out. Um, but we all kind of hinted at it, but I'll ask this question real quickly before we get off here. Um, if you're the Bears, what do you do with the number one pick? Um, I'm of the opinion we probably trade it. Jay, what do you think? Um, what in this first round – what is success and what is failure to you? I mean, they, if they're smart, they're going to get Will Anderson with the third or fourth pick. I mean, they don't need to draft him number one. You'd go Will Anderson over Jalen Carter, you think? Or, or I mean, even Carter, you were going to get either one of those three, four in the draft. So, I, I mean... If you're not going to draft a quarterback number one overall, and if they do, I mean, I'm here for that, whatever they want to do. I think you trade back with the Colts at four, and you take Carter or Anderson. That, that's success to me, uh, is if they can trade back and still get their guy. Yeah, absolutely. Reese, what do you think, buddy? What is success? What's failure? What and at least in the first round, uh, what are you looking at to see from the Bears with this first overall yeah. pick? I think failure is doing anything besides what Jay just said, except for the part of drafting a quarterback number one. That's <laughs> ridiculous. Um, but you have to take Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, if you're going to stay in the top four. If you're going to trade that pick any lower, um, you got to get some type of haul. Like you got to really reload, whether that's draft picks, whether that's, you know, some veterans on the O-line or, um, you know, a receiver, you got to do something, um, you know, if you're going to go any, any farther below three or four, um, you know, I'd love them to see, or I'd love to see them get uh, Paris Johnson, you know, if they could make that happen. I think he's projected to go around 10 or 11, somewhere around there. I think he's, he's a game changer. I think you, you know, if you can get that, I think that's a good option, but you know, I think Will Will Anderson to me is the guy um, over Jalen Carter. But I don't think you can really go wrong either way. Um, so I don't think it's a question that they're going to trade that pick. So I think the thing that they got working in their favor uh, when it comes to the first overall pick is the Colts at four, the Texans at two, both in division rivals that are going to want a quarterback. Um, I think the Bears, like you both said, end up trading that pick, use the leverage of those two divisional rivals to uh, to get the most out of it. Um, so let me put a hypothetical out there for both of you, and, and you can just say, yes, I would trade, or no, I wouldn't. Um, if the rumor trade of the Colts to <laughs> the Colts to the Bears um, <laughs> is Michael Pittman Jr., uh, the 
the fourth pick, the second pick, or the second round pick, um, and then a potential first next year. If that was offered to the Bears, would you accept that? To go back to number four? Yeah. That's yeah. Rumor, that's one of the rumored – yeah, I mean, I would too. I think it's obvious if they're going to give you – I mean, one, you, you hooligans just said all we need is an offensive playmaker, and Justin Fields is going to take us to the promised land. That's there not you go. what we said. There's your offensive playmaker, Michael Pittman Jr. I mean, dear God. That's, that's, that's not what we said. Maybe. That is not what we said. Nice Rob Ninkovich right there. Way <laughs> to bring out the Bears, the Bears super fans. <laughs> No, man, I, I think you take that trade in a heartbeat. You know, I also think you take that trade if they're giving you DeForest Buckner or somebody like that. I think the Bears want Jalen Carter. Um, you saw with their first signing that they tried to do last year with Larry Ogunjobi. They want a three technique. I think they're going to try to get Jalen Carter, um, but I don't think they're going to be too upset if Will Anderson is sitting there at four, if that's what ends up happening. Um, but hopefully they can trade back. They can they can get as many picks as possible and, and try to set up some even draft capital for next year as well. So Jalen's kind of losing his mind now as it's getting a little bit late. Um, so we're going to go ahead and, and get off here. We're going to write Jalen's horrible take off to the fact that it was very late at night in uh, hey, when dude, we did this I, podcast. I will stand by that. Brock Purdy is the next Tom Brady. Heard of your dude. Okay, real quick, let me just ask this question. Brock Purdy will win a Super Bowl before Justin Fields. Mark my words. Okay, let me just ask this question. Yeah, because he's on the 49ers, not the Bears. Legitimately, let me ask. Football was a team game, baby. Let me ask you this question. And the 49ers have a much better team. Right. (laughs) Thank you for proving our point. If you put Justin Fields on the 49ers, does his passing numbers look better? No. I think drastically. I mean, duh, they look better. Much better. Right. They play, they're playing the Chiefs in the Super Bowl this weekend. Nah. They are. 100%. Nah. Yeah, because Christian McCaffrey wouldn't have been quarterback. <laughs> it's the it's it's the same it's this it's the same reason as as soon as Trey Lance got injured and Jimmy Garoppolo came in, the 49ers chances made the Super Bowl actually increased. Justin Fields actually is in the, again in the same boat as Trey Lance. Maybe maybe he's better. I think he is better because Kyle Shanahan is, I would argue, the best coach in the NFL in my personal opinion. But I don't I don't think he takes him to the Super Bowl. Personally. I don't think I don't think Trey Lance is better than Justin Fields. Um, I don't think I don't Trey think Lance Trey is Lance is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. I just don't think that Trey Lance has done anything to suggest that he's a better quarterback than Justin Fields. I mean, he played at North Dakota State. He played one season as a starting quarterback at North Dakota State. Um, I think and Justin Fields played at the quarterback powerhouse in Ohio State, and they got a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL these days. That's not what I'm saying. He played legitimate teams. He played Clemson and outdueled Trevor Lawrence twice. So, if you think that Justin Fields, that you're comparing North Dakota State's competition to what Justin Fields played in college, you're absolutely ridiculous. But this is also the same guy who thinks we should bring in Brock Purdy and leave Justin Fields on the bench. So I just don't know if we could ever take your quarterback take seriously again. I, listen, dude, I stay, I will stick by that. All right, Brock, man. Brock Purdy's well, the answer. Well, die on that hill. All right, brother. 
Brock Purdy's the next Tom Brady. I think Brock Purdy is going to be good. Uh, I just, I don't know that I would be uh, brave enough, bold enough to, to bring him in and say, hey, dude, uh, pop a squat. This guy's going to come in uh, and take over. So, all right, guys. Well, I think that's a, a pretty good pretty good night there. Um, definitely got some comedy in there. And uh, I hope everybody listening can can text Jalen and let him know how awful this take was. Um, but I appreciate everybody listening <laughs> and hope you all just have a <laughs> Bro, you got to stop texting stuff. You're ridiculous. All right, y'all. We're going to get out of here before something crazy happens. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Hopefully we'll see you again next week. We'll be talking about Cubs baseball and, and what it's going to look like going into spring training. So hopefully uh, y'all will join us again. We'll talk to you later. Have a good night.